This is Marvel 616 Politics, Episode 10, with Andy Kirby and Jared Mayo. Jared, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, big guy. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, too. I'm doing better now that I know you think I'm a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't you older than me? Am I? I don't... I just had a birthday, uh, so I'm 27. Oh, uh, never mind. <laughs> I forgot about the whole birthday business. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. On you, you... Yeah, we counted wrong. Uh, yeah, I put on my Facebook status, I said... <laughs> I started my 28th year off right. I, I won at 12.05 a.m. on December 24th. I had my first win in Settlers of Catan. And then uh, Jared Facebooks me back and he said, hey, or no, he, he you called me and left a voicemail and you said, hey, good news. You're not 28. You're only 27. And then I had to call him and explain to him how, yes, I've completed 27 years and I'm going on. 28. And it all turned out that eventually it was my fault. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lay the blame on Jared. No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna be the big bigger man. No, I think it was just I read I didn't read the exact wording of it. It it was my fault. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that whole story with everyone. That's great. <laughs> with you, man. Nothing. Like I said, I had a birthday. Uh, finally, Christmas is over. I think we had like seven Christmases because people kept coming in town and, and we kept leaving. So finally, that's done away with. And now, what do we have to look forward to? The new year, obviously. So uh, that's good. This this evening is currently going to be the coldest evening in Louisiana. And everybody's worried about pipes freezing and black ice. And tomorrow they called off school. This It's ridiculous, man. They really already called off school? Yeah, man. And it's not, there's no snow or anything. It's just going to be below freezing. What? <laughs> okay. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird to you who gets snow all the time. But down here, if there's a chance of snow, they're like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Like tomorrow, I don't have to be <laughs> into work until 1030. It's ridiculous. What? Well, what happens at 10.30? Does the snow go away? or? Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, at 2 a.m., the drunks come out at night. You know, the the bars close, the drunks... <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the limit. They're like, it's 2. we got to get on the road. Come on, guys. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> now it all makes sense. <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, dude, in high school, my mom used to freak out. She'd be like, you need to be off the roads at 2 o'clock because that's when the drunks hit the road. I'm like... <laughs> are drunk all the time. <laughs> I'm drunk right now. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, forget. What's new with you? Oh, <laughs> no, we had a, we had like four, five, six inches of snow today. So, uh, but we weren't closed. So that <laughs> I just find it so funny that you guys, it's cold and they close. <laughs> so it's just, it doesn't get cold here very often. You gotta, you gotta bear with me. It doesn't get cold here very often. It's just, I'm just gonna have to go with it. It's just weird, but it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
we got some good positive feedback from last episode, the be positive episode. Um, again, tonight we're going to bring you an episode that's a little off the beaten path because we are in the new year. It is January 7th, 2010. Now, are you going with 2010 or are you doing the 2010? Well, I heard, uh, I heard, um, on, on K-Love that they're doing 20X is what they're calling it. 20X? Because for no, the Roman numeral for 10 is X. Yeah, but I mean, is that, that sounds pretty arbitrary. I'm just saying what Kayla's doing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I haven't really decided what I'm doing yet. I'm going to see what everyone else does and then jump on the bandwagon so I look cool. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what it's all about. (laughs) What are you going to (laughs) do? I'm going to be a trendsetter. Anyway, yeah, no, what I'm going to do, I'm thinking I'm going to go with 2010 because, like, I mean, all growing up playing Mega Man and, like, in Star Trek, you, you know, in the year 20, it's not in the year 2000, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they have star dates, but come on. I mean, let's be realistic. <laughs> A lot of people are just calling it 10. What? I have not heard you that. Know, we, oh, yeah. Well, up in Ohio where we have snow and we still don't close, some people are calling it 10. Just going. It's like, when people say, when were you born? You don't always say, well, I was born in 1982, because obviously people know you weren't born in 1882. You just say, I'm an 82 baby. So people are saying 10. See, that's where you're wrong. I say 1,982. Oh, those blasted Louisianians. <laughs> no, that that's ridiculous. No, you're right. I guess 10. But isn't it so much cooler? I feel like I'm in the future. 2010. Well, well you're in the... I mean, you're going to be in the future in about a minute. You'll be a minute ahead of where you were, and then a minute ahead from then. So, I mean, you're always going to kind of be a little bit in the future. But when will then be now? Um, I don't know. I'm still ready to party like it's 1999. So, <laughs> I'm moving a little slow. Well, I-, I didn't know you were a Prince fan. Oh, dude, Prince is awesome. Are you Are you being serious? I can't even tell. His music is awesome. Ah. He is a weirdy. Okay. Music is good. <laughs> you a big, you a big Prince guy? No, I, I can't. Name one. I can name two songs that he's sung, and that that's oh. and like night party like it's nineteen ninety nine and Purple Rain. And the only reason I know Purple Rain is because of like Kevin Smith movies. So you, you don't know like Little Red Corvette? I'm sorry, I I can't help you. Raspberry Beret? <laughs> no. Let's pretend we're married. Baby, I'm a star. None of these are ringing a bell. Oh, no. <laughs> Shelter to Andy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, like I said, I, I can't help you. I wish I could. But Is it just like you weren't exposed to him or is that a Louisiana thing? Um, I'm going to go with I wasn't exposed to him. Okay. Yeah, because I'm sure people well, down here listen to him or have heard real him. popular in the, the Christian circles, so. He is or isn't? Get it. He is not, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, alright. Let's give out our contact information. This is all, This is why we only have 300 subscribers. Only have 300? I thought we were going up. You know, I can't even tell anymore. I don't even know because... we were increasing our viewers. I thought we had more than 100. We probably do, but 
it's tough to say because every 30 days it resets. So I don't, I don't know. All right. Contact information. You can email at us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. You can visit our website at marvel616politics.com and we'll have some pictures up for you this episode. After this, when, when we throw this up, there'll be some uh, cover art there that we're going to be discussing. And on Twitter, at 616politics. And take it away, our phone and Facebook. Go for it. Uh, our phone number is 616-755-TINA. And on Facebook, you can look us up at Marvel616Politics. Just type that search engine. Uh, once we hit 100 uh, subscribers, we'll get our own uh, website, facebook.com slash Marvel616Politics. So, yes! How, how far are we from that? Um, we currently have 46 members. So we are 54. Right on. And that we just announced it one time. So join us on Facebook. Become a fan of the show. Tell us what you think. We're always asking questions on there and, and you know, putting up pictures about what's up and coming. So feel free to join us. And like I said, let's get into it. This is a very special episode. The New Year 2010. And what better way to celebrate this new year than to have some top 10 lists. What do you think, Jared? I cannot think of a better way. In fact... If we were listening to Prince music, uh, but otherwise, yeah. Oh, oh, I, I don't think we can do this with a soundtrack. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was your idea, Mayo, so go for it. Tell me what's up. Yeah, we just thought... Well, I mean, you know, I talked to you. We just thought that, you know, the Big Ten, you know, that's a... You know, kind of a special number. You know, when we first started out, we weren't sure how far we were going to go, what we were really doing with this whole thing. And now we've got more of a formula down and, and how we want to do it and set things up. So we just thought that for episode 10, we'd do something a little special and do um, some two two top 10 lists. The top 10 characters to watch in 2010. And then we're going to go back a little bit for the top 10 covers of 2009. According to Andy and Jared, of course. Oh, right on. Yeah, I mean, this is totally subjective, but yes. Uh, so, actually, calling 2010X would really work for this podcast. See, I knew it would, and that's why I, I brought that up earlier, so it could all <laughs> weave together. It's all part of my plan. I tell you what, you could be a diabolical mastermind, and I would never know it. Until, it's, until it was too late. Until it was too late. Then I would know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started. Top 10 covers. All right. Cover number 10. And we'll do a countdown to one being the best. Go for it, man. What you got? All right. Number 10 for Jared's top 10 of 2009 uh, would be New Avengers 50. Yes. New Avengers 50 is the reason I picked this cover is because it's just kind of like the epic battle of, you know, some of Marvel's biggest characters with being the new Avengers versus the brand new, bad, evil, dark Avengers. The people are paired up. It just looks like an awesome battle scene. Hildic Tan is not typically one of my favorite artists. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say really works. Well, I got to agree with you. This, this is really good. And actually, I'm a huge fan of how he draws Wolverine right there. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt that this is a wraparound cover. <laughs> also. Yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, this is what this is what a cover should look like. You know, when you're going to buy something, you want to see this and then say, I want to see this battle inside. I think that's a good pick. And like I said, once again, we'll, we'll put this on there. And it had to be pretty epic for number 50. 
What's your favorite character drawn on here? My favorite character drawn on here, I think I'll probably go for Hawkeye. He's looking pretty sweet there. Hawkeye? You mean Bullseye Hawkeye? Bullseye Hawkeye, yes. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with uh, with Venom on this one. Even though it's like simple and just straightforward. Venom and then Wolverine. Yeah, the see, my, my biggest issue with Tan is that usually I think his characters look, his guy, his male characters look too wide. Like they're just kind of like these straight down bodies and torsos. Yeah. Uh, but the way all these people are angled, he doesn't get in, get into any of that really. Maybe a little bit on Spider-Man, but otherwise, that's why I really appreciate this cover. This is a good one. My number 10 yeah. is going to be X-Force 21. X-Force 21, we got Pyro, the Vanisher, and Archangel. What I really like, I had Jackie Our looking. Brain freeze, right? Yes, a brain freeze, because it's so cold down here. Oh, I don't even know how I'm, I'm working. I had Jackie look at these last night and I, you know, helped me narrow. I had 18 covers that I couldn't choose and, uh, she helped me narrow them down and she was like, well, I don't like some of these, but I can definitely appreciate them. And that was the first time I've ever heard her say anything like that. I was like, wow, that's great. And this is when she said that she was like, I don't like it, but the fire is very cool on this one. It's, uh, wow. yeah, yeah. That's so, great. She's, uh, you know, she's, she's doing well. She's doing well. So I think this is Clayton. Slowly, you'll bring her over to our side. I don't know. If I bring her over to our side, then who's going to level me out? That's the question. <laughs> well, I think I've got three little ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're already too far gone. <laughs> All right. So this one, I like it. This is the one where I said that uh, Archangel's been eating too many blue popsicles. But really, I like it because you can see you can see the beads of sweat on the Vasher's like forehead, and uh, you can see like the attention to detail, but also the wisps of the of the brush, whether it be a real brush or just the computer. I, I don't know the detail on this and uh, the curves. It, it 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 blows me away. It's not very realistic, but it is extremely stylized, but to the point where the colors are more believable than uh, some of the other stylized art I've seen. I totally agree, man. It's very, what I like about it is it's very, it's a very dark cover, but the fire, it's like, it's weird because it's a dark cover, but yet half of the image is fire. Yes. So I think it, I really like the style of that and how he did that. It, it really is cool. The detail, the shine, the shine on Archangel's costume, it really is nice. Oh, yeah. Really, really, you know, it's hard because so many of the X-Force covers are very good. So for you to narrow it down and just pick this one, you know, kudos to you, man. You to just grab this one. Uh, yeah, I had to look I had to look hard because there's a lot of good ones out there. So, But I, I try to get my 10, like, from um, – I try not to have the same artist twice, and I try not to have too many of the same title. So I tried to go with a varying degree of stuff. So that kind of helped me narrow some of them down. Huh. No, I like this one, too. I definitely agree. Number 10. All right. Right on. All right. You, sir. All right. Number nine for me is Amazing Spider-Man, issue 592, the Wolverine variant. Okay. Now, this one, I had to... I did not have the variant in my collection. I had to go look it up. But, yes, you are right. And who is this? Is this uh, Salvador Dali type? Sure. I, I don't know. Oh no! Okay, oh, yeah, I, I very much believe it's a it's a Salvador Dali type thing. You know, with the, like the melting watches and stuff like that. Have you ever seen those uh -huh. pictures? Yeah, I think yeah. that that's what this is supposed to be. I mean, all the Wolverine variants that came out 
that month, you know, when the movie came out or whatever, um, were based on different things. So if this one's Salvador Dali, you know, you know that. So did you, were you so you were able to find the, the cover then? Yes. Yeah, it's it's very good. I, I, the claw actually goes into the table and it kind of just lays there and melts, but then you got some liquid adamantium going on there. And I encourage you listeners to look this up. Just type in the Amazing Spider-Man number 592 variant Wolverine and, and it'll come up. You'll see it. It's it's really good. Whoever did this, I'm not even sure who did this one, but um, the clouds are nice. It's very, it's very delicately done. Well, it's one that, you know, you had, I had asked you for, um, you know, some suggestions on covers because I really didn't know where to start. And you had told me you liked Amazing Spider-Man 592. So I looked at that, that cover. I wasn't really impressed by it, but then I saw farther down when I was looking looking it up, this came up. And so I looked at it, and upon looking at it first, it's like, oh, it's a weird Wolverine cover. But then you look closer, and you see that, oh, well, there's the Blackbird. And then you blink your eye, and you see this melting mountain onto the table of adamantium. And then you see that the claws, you know, they're part of the glove, and they reach into this table. But the, the tree branch is, is in four different pieces, and it's floating. And the mask is really hung up by sticks, but the mask isn't really a mask. It's just part of the black part, and then there's a yellow ball with a leaf hanging out of it. And it's it's just, each time I look at it, I see something different to appreciate. Right. It's very artsy, but it's really, really cool. It is. It is extreme. Out of all the, out of all the Wolverine uh, variants that came out that month, I think this one's one of the best. It, there's two of them that are really good, and this one's definitely one of them. So that is my number nine, Amazing Spider-Man 592 Wolverine variant. That is a good pick, sir. I'm going to go with my number nine being Thunderbolts, number 135. And I had to choose. The Thunderbolts have a lot of good stuff out there. Um, All the covers, I really wanted one with Ghost on there, but some some took away. Some were distracting some of the other effects on there. But I like this because it gives one simple message. Fury is going to take out Norman. Fury is going to take out Osborne eventually. And uh, I like this. This is stylized, but also you get a more realistic look because you can actually see this. uh, You can can imagine this in a movie, you know? Mm -hmm. So I I was really fond of this one just because I think think what sold it for me was Fury's face on this one. Just the the sheer realism, you know, from the Band-Aid to the wrinkles to the smirk. Yes. And what I want to point out, too, is, like you said, it was stylized, but yet realistic, is Norman's hair. Because in so many comics, you see his hair drawn, and you're like, how in the world would that look in real life? Yes. Yep. Just weird looking. And then, like, you see an action figure, and you're like, still, how would that look real? And when you watch the movies, it didn't look like this. Right. I think this is a really good, somewhat realistic depiction of how a man's hair would look if he had Norman Osborn's hair. So. Yes. Yep. I, I know exactly what you mean. I was looking at that. And and if you can also see, I mean, this is unrelated, but his nose and his lips right there, that it's good shape and it's good, you know, he looks menacing. He looks, you know, his pointed features, uh, you know, are kind of like villainous. And then if you look at Fury's features are more rounded and you got more of a, um, you know, a, a hero look to it. So... I think it's I think it's great. I think it says something other than uh you know what it is. I think it has a lot of symbolism. Yeah, it's it's good. Man. <laughs> I, that's a great pick. That Thunderbolts and X Force are both they're really hard series to go through and look at all the covers this past year and just pick one. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right, sir. So, 
All right, number eight is going to be Realm of Kings Imperial Guard number one. Do you have that one? I got it, yep. Okay, that is the one with Gladiator on the front. It looks like he's been possibly beaten up a little bit, and uh, he's a little angry, and he's coming right off the page at you. This is kind of one of the reasons I picked this one is because this is kind of how I always imagine Gladiator is, you know, he's this super, um, he's like, you know, Marvel Superman of space. And he's as tough as nails, but he's got an attitude. But that's not always portrayed in so many issues. Usually he's just like, you know, oh, he's the servant of Lalandra, or he's the servant of Deathbird, or whoever he's serving that month. And he's just servant. Whereas this one, he's just kind of the, you know, take no, no questions, no answers. He's coming for you. He's coming right off, and he's going to attack. So I, I picked this one because this was a really, I thought it was a really good depiction of a character that uh, often underdepicted. See, I I didn't choose this one for the exact same reason why you're saying you did choose it because I think the art is fantastic. But when I look at Gladiator, I see him as a regal figure. Yes, he fights, and yes, he he has to defend whoever he is serving. You know, the the um, Magistar or something like that. Yeah, he has to def- yeah. he has to defend him, but he does it in such a way where there's so much honor and there's so much nobility in it that he always is depicted as regal. And so to see this cover, yeah, he wanted to join the fray and everything, but I thought this cover wasn't as good with this story because this is where he actually has to uh, take a back seat and not be an Imperial Guard, but rather become the Magistor himself. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but the, I did notice it. I mean, the art is fantastic. And the guy, the more I read of him, the more I like him. Because, you know, when I first got into comics, I was like, who's this guy? I don't want to get into the cosmic stuff. But he really has some really interesting character traits. Yeah, he, he's definitely a, an underrated character. I mean, he could have been the Sentry's role, you know. We could have just never had that guy created and just had Gladiator. But, oh, bite your tongue. Uh, bite your tongue. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> we were Someone worships at the feet of the sin. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's go on. Uh, number eight is um, Daredevil number 117. This is Return of the King. It's where the kingpin comes back and he makes a pact with Daredevil. And th- this right here, uh, we always see Daredevil, you know, in a cemetery or, or around a cross because, you know, religion is a, is a big deal for him. And redemption also. But now we're seeing it in his in his view, and the kingpin has lost so much. And this art just stuck out to me, like how the kingpin is drawn. The dude is huge, but you wouldn't say he's fat. Like we've already established that the guy's full of muscle, and we can already see that Daredevil has is you know popping out with muscles everywhere. But the kingpin is such an imposing figure. Uh, I just thought this this was amazing. I really like this cover too, and. I don't know. It's like I can hear an Evanescent song when I look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Uh, I mean, I mean, they did the song for the Daredevil movie, so maybe that's why. But, I mean, you can just see it. Um, but my biggest thing I didn't care for was the thing that you liked the most, is that Kingpin is supposed to be huge. He's supposed to be a big, imposing character. He's always larger than that, um, the way he's depicted. And here, it just looks like he's, yeah, he's about five inches taller than the Daredevil. But I guess when I see Kingpin, I always just see 
a much, much, you know, larger than life character, like, you know, seven feet tall. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, from artist to artist, you know, you can draw the Kingpin or Juggernaut or Apocalypse or, or Thanos, you know, a, a six feet tall or nine feet tall, you know, just depending on how you want to. Uh, so that, I guess that would be my turn off was that I wanted to see a larger imposing Kingpin, but otherwise it's, it's gorgeous. It really is. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying, but I think this guy was going more for a realistic look and realistic to scale. Because if, if you met that guy in real life and you were the size of Daredevil, and Daredevil looks like a huge dude. Like, if you'd stop and look at the muscles and everything, he looks like a big guy. So if a big guy like that, you met a really big guy, then the scale would be right. But I know I know what you're saying about him being, like, this idea larger than life type thing. All right, good enough, fair enough. What you got, number seven? Right, number, number seven might be, it could be a little bit of a cheat. So, I, I and I'm fine if you say it's a cheat, but I'm going to pick it anyways because it's gorgeous. It's X-Men Forever Alpha. Oh, see. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> Forever Alpha is really um, a reprint and recolored version of X-Men number one from 1991. Uh, and I picked it because, okay, it was released in 2009. It was, it reprinted, you know, the first uh, couple issues, first three issues of the X-Men series and a little bit of new material for the X-Men Forever series. But, you know, it did have some new information in it, so technically it was a new title. Uh, it has been recolored. It was split into two, and it's freaking Jim Lee with the best X-Squad. You know, those were the best years. Okay, all right. All right. It was good. It's Jim Lee. It It is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It was released this year. It did have new material, but it's not 616. Well, the people on there are. <laughs> but the new material's not. The new material's not, but the old material is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let it go. I'll let it go. When I first saw X-Men Forever, I thought that you were going to pick, like, you know, one of the numbers. And that, I would have to draw the line there. But this one, it's teetering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, then you're going to disagree with some more of my picks. <laughs> I was just going for the covers. The covers I liked. I guess you're, you're right. We are Marvel 616. So I should have picked Marvel 616 covers you are correct <laughs> <laughs> I, I i'm too much of a stickler i mean it is a gorgeous cover it really is and i've always oh, you're right i've always liked uh jim lee's multiple man so well go on andy your turn <laughs> okay <laughs> all right all right number seven we have avengers the initiative number 25 you could argue that this is not one of the best covers, but I was desperate to find a Ramos, Umberto Ramos cover that could make the top ten. And um he he did he did um the some of the Adventures Initiative, he did some of the runaways, which not important. You know, the runaways are not important. The Adventures Initiative is arguably you know, it could be considered important, but most of the time it's not. But out of the initiative, this was the best cover he did. And uh, I love the hood. I love Taskmaster, and I love Umberto Ramos. And you, you can't get any better than this. It's a good, it's a good cover if you're like, if you're a Ramos fan. 
There was a key sentence if you're a Ramos fan. <laughs> Papa is not a Ramos fan. <laughs> Why not? So to, oh, it's so it's so wacky, like manga-ish. But yeah, he tries to stay. I don't know. I just I've never liked this stuff. When he did Spider Man, I just cringed. Wow, it was fantastic! It was fantastic. You didn't like his Spider Man stuff? Oh no, 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 uh, no. And then like, look at Taskmaster. He has like a little baby shield. Why is he carrying around a dinner plate as a shield? You shut your mouth. You be quiet. That's an awesome shield. It's just deflective. It's not an offensive weapon. real shield, like, for a man, not for a baby. Hey, man, he's amazing, so he doesn't have to use the shield that much. I understand that, Andy. <laughs> doesn't carry a dinner-sized plate shield. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm, my loyalties are divided here. I, I like Taskmaster, and I like Ramos, but you're really my friend, so... <laughs> well, okay, I'll put it this way. I like Storm, but sometimes people don't draw Storm very well, and I'm, I have to admit that. <laughs> I like it. If you notice, <laughs> the, if, if you notice, the belt buckle matches the shield. Oh, well, well, yeah, I mean, if we're going for fashion setting, Taskmaster is the man. I guess if we're going for best covers, this wouldn't be my pick. You know what? You know what? Let's just go on to yours. I can't take it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You're going to have some, uh, some good yelling then, because number six is also not a six one six cover. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What other one's not six one six? Well, my number six is is not a particular issue, but it would be the superhero squad variant. Oh yes, they they did for a month when superhero squad came out. They took most of the titles and they also made a variant with the very superhero squad little people. Yes, and I couldn't just pick one because they're all just cute. <laughs> so I just put that as my number six with all the variants because they're just, it was a really cool idea, you know, to promote the show and, and to just kind of change things up. So that's what that's what I went with. It's not 616. It's awful, is what it is. It's terrible. I, I don't know why you'd like those. Why? Because it's Taskmaster is on it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they're cute. But, I mean, they had people who had died in there and stuff, and I, yeah, never mind. I'm being too picky. They're pretty good. Well, did it die? What? What, you said the people that died? Yeah, like Pyro was on one of the covers, and it was before Pyro came back. Yeah, but Pyro, it, because each of the covers is based on an episode from the Superhero Squad. Oh. So, for that cover, it was, they had to fight Pyro and Zax. It was a Hulk villain, and so that's why they were on that cover. They had to fight Luke Cage in that in that particular animated episode. I I don't know what to say. We're gonna have to disagree here. And, and you're you're right because we should have. I should have stuck with six one six. So I'll give you that. No 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 no. I'm not finding fault at all. I I'm uh, I'm reevaluating your judgment here, but I'm not finding fault. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I like that. Yeah, well, I'm looking at your number six, and I don't think it's going to go over well. Oh, what are you talking about? All right, number six. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man number 611. Scotty Young, Deadpool is dressing up Spider-Man. This is, this is tight, man. This is awesome. 
How can you not like this? All right, well, why don't you tell me the pros? And then I'll tell you all the cons. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The pros is it's Scotty Young, okay? And his art is fantastic. Uh, Also, you can tell how deranged Deadpool is just by the cover and his, you know, he's got the thumbs up to Spider-Man, Spider-Man's and all the weapons and everything. He looks almost exactly like Deadpool, and that's what Deadpool wants. He just thinks he's the man. So um, Spider-Man's looking down like, this is ridiculous. Who is this guy? I don't know. It's fantastic. And it's simple. The background's white. I think it's amazing. Now, you tell me. My con would be, uh, it's Scotty Young. (laughs) Are you serious? You don't like Scotty Young? No. No way. (laughs) Why? They're little little three-centimeter ankles and their pajama pants shoes. And Deadpool's got these lines sticking out all over him on his, you know, as his shoulders and his knees. What? Don't draw like that. I don't like it. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, this is fantastic, man. This is fantastic. <laughs> how can you, how can you argue against those ankles? I think they're cute. <laughs> <laughs> cute, kind of like the superhero squad, right? <laughs> In a different way. <laughs> you leave me alone. It's just a preference thing. I mean, you and I, we it's like every episode we talk about this. We just have different styles of art that we like, you know? It would be interesting to see if our fans side with one or the other, if they pick different ones from each and they make their own top ten list. That's what we'll do. We'll put on Facebook. We'll say, make your own top ten list and, and load them up or something. That'd be great. I mean, this I think this would be a good episode to really get some fan feedback, you know, whether you're calling us, emailing us, or writing on our Facebook page, you know? Tell us about our top tens. I mean, these are pretty controversial things that we're picking, you know. Do you agree? Do you not agree? What do you think? Let us know. Apparently they are. I didn't think they were that bad, but... All right, sir, you're number number five. All right, my number five is three issues together because they all formed one large picture. I think that's a pass. Is that a pass? Uh, What do you mean a pass? Like, does that count? Is that going to be okay with you? <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's great. I gotta, I have to admit to you that I did not realize that these made one cover. Oh, okay. So when you said that and I opened them up and then I put them all together, cause I, you know, I downloaded the picture and then I lined up them, lined them up. Then I was like, Oh, now I understand. No, I think it's good. I think it's a good pick. Legacy 220, 221, and 222. And when you put the three covers together, it, por- it forms a picture centralized of Professor X, which a bu- with a bunch of like uh, mind psychic beams coming out or whatever. Uh, the beams are passing over various X Men related characters, and uh, as the beam separates the character, it shows different costumes of each character. So, like for um, X Men Legacy uh, 220, you've got Storm in on, t- on top of the first beam. She's in her with her mohawk and her leather outfit, and then after the second beam, she's in her first appearance outfit. And like the same with Rogue and Wolverine and the other characters. Uh, I just thought it was a really creative way to encapsulate a lot of the different characters that are appearing in X Men Legacy, but also to run the gamut of you know various X Men uh, in different timelines. The, the painting is beautiful. Uh, I, I loved it. 
You know, I again, I did not even notice that, but you're right. Rogue, is, like the only one I would be able to notice is Rogue because she's wearing her old costume and then underneath is her new one. But I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell that with anybody. No, that is pretty, like it. it's pretty creative. And the detail on uh, Charles Xavier's face, it's, now is this, this isn't Bianchi, right? No. No. No, I don't know who did this, but it's, it's, it's fairly good. I mean, it takes a lot of talent to be able to do this. I think this is a good pick. Well, thank you, Andy. <laughs> Finally, all right. <laughs> All right. Well, the story, Mike Carey. I'm sorry, the story may not be that good, but the 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 uh, covers, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I was trying to find out who did the cover. Oh, the cover is a man named Lee Formaggio. Formaggio. I think I've heard that before. I don't know what else he does. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. All right, my number five is Thor six hundred one, and I'm pretty sure this is not the variant cover. But Thor 601, I thought it was fantastic. I think this is uh, Jurdovic, I think is how you say his name. And I know last year, in 2008, he did a lot of Daredevil covers. But this one, Thor is exiled from Asgard and because he killed his grandfather, I believe. And so it's him uh, walking away, turning back. And what I like about this is it, it's so... The, the color on this is fantastic. And the shading... But not only that, but the way Thor is walking away, it's like he's walking away with a purpose. He's not defeated at all. He's doing his duty. He's doing what needs to be done. Because if you kill uh, somebody of the royal line, that's it. You're you're done for. You're out. So that's what happened here. And he's he's out, but he knows he's coming back. He knows that he's not defeated. He's he's following the rules and he's doing it for his kingdom. I agree, man. I like this cover. For the reasons you liked it, but also because it's so imposing, like Asgard, it's it's he's very determined as he's walking away. But he's not walking away. This isn't a small decision. He's not walking away from something small. He's walking away from something very, very big. And I think that's represented, you know, by showing Asgard right there. He's walking away from his whole his whole being, his whole who Thor is. He's walking away from because he's doing the right thing. I when I saw this, like I. I've seen some of the other Thor covers and some, you know, the the more realistic type. And Daredevil number one seventeen was like this too, in that in that vein. And I was gonna pick them, and one of yours is like that. Probably your next one's like that too. But um, I was gonna pick those. But when I saw this, I was like, oh, this has to. This is it. This has to go on there. That was good. That's a good one. We can go with that. Yes, in the bag. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you sir. My next one is New Avengers 54. I picked this one because when you look at it, that makes, I mean, at least when I look at it, that's a story I want to read. That's one of those, you're in the comic shop, you can't find anything that you want to buy, and you look at this cover and you're like, that's an awesome fight with some of my favorite characters, and they're getting killed by a demon or something, i got to find out what's going on with that. Um, it's, I mean, it's not because it's like, you know, the best it, you know, best cover ever drawn, or it has this brand artist or anything. It just makes me want to find out what's inside. So that's why I picked this one. Another tan issue. Again, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Another Billy Tan. I'm impressed. <laughs> no, but I 
his his run on Uncanny X Men. Um, I know you didn't like it, the Rise and Fall of the Shi'ar Empire, but yeah, that's what made me like um, Uncanny is his art on that. And this is this is great. You're right. Like you're like, what is going on here? Who is that guy? I've never even seen him before. And everybody's like fighting, and their costumes all ripped up. And uh, the my only complaint with this one is is where they put the. Uh, the UPC, the UPC number, is right over Luke Cage's face. Yeah. I can't see what's going on there. Yeah. <laughs> Put it in the upper right-hand corner or something like that. But, no, this is this this cover is beautiful. <laughs> I'm interested in your number one. You you uh, Some of the ones you picked, I thought were going to be your number one, but now I'm really, really wondering which one you're going to pick. <laughs> All right, my, my issue number four. It'll be good. Oh, I'm sure it will be. All right, my issue number four yeah. is I wasn't sure whether or not we could do variant covers, but I, I wanted this guy, uh, Bacello. He, I, I thought about it. The one I wanted was December two thousand eight, so I couldn't pick it. And the next one, it was a, uh, it was Hammerhead hitting um, Spider Man. Yeah, there's a villain, a Spider Man villain named Hammerhead. Yeah, it was it was Hammerhead punching Spider Man in the face. And then the next one, January 2009, was Spider-Man punching Hammerhead in the face. And it didn't look as cool, so I didn't want to pick it. But I ran across this. New Avengers, number 53, the variant cover, the Bachalo variant cover. We got Damon Hellstrom, son of Satan, sitting down, like, kind of levitating. And all the like heads of all the new Avengers around him and kind of deteriorated zombie form. And you got Madam Mask. Yep. Madam Mask. Madam Mask. So I thought, I thought this was good. This was, this is my new wallpaper on my phone. All right. That's a, that's a shame. <laughs> that every time you, uh, yeah, open up your phone. <laughs> Chris Bacallo, man. You don't like him? No. Chris Bacallo of all the people. Is that how you say it, Bacallo? It's like he adds little pieces of it. Do you say Bacallo? I really don't know how to say it. So I'm going to go with, uh, we'll say Bacallo. Okay. We'll just do Chris. Uh, but no, I mean, I remember when he first started drawing Generation X. I was just like, dude, what are you doing? It just, ah, I, I just never have cared for it. I mean, he just adds like little, he's kind of, it reminds me of, I don't know if we're going to say his name right, but Simone Bianchi again, because Simone Bianchi adds all this, these little tricks and things to people's costumes and stuff, and and that just aren't necessary, and I just think that's what Akala does too, so okay, first, I don't care for this one. First of all, I don't know, I don't know how you can even compare the two, okay? Bacallo is inf- <laughs> infinitely better than Bianchi, and secondly, they don't look anything alike. I'm not saying that they look alike. I'm saying that they add the same crap to each picture. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right. So you don't like Scotty Young, Umberto Ramos, or Bacallo. Or Simon Bianchi. Or Simon Bianchi. Yeah, but I don't like him either, so that's fine. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I got to keep track of all this. People that you really like, so I think that's maybe good for our podcast. Is that you know we're not we don't always think the same. Fair enough. I guess I can continue to be your friend. <laughs> 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 oh man, I, I, I don't. The 
the Ramos, the Umberto Ramos stuff that you, uh, Peter Parker, I can't believe you didn't like Peter Parker Spider-Man, the Umberto Ramos, Paul Jenkins stuff. Ah, fantastic. Oh, dude, I bought them, read them, and sold them. I just couldn't look at them. They were some of my favorite issues. Oh, I'm sorry. He can't beat Ramita any day. Well, no, he's no Ramita, but I mean, he wasn't on a core title. He wasn't on Amazing. He was on Peter Parker. But you can't go from reading Amazing with Ramita and then try and go to another Spider-Man title with that. Well, it's what they're trying to do now. Spider-Man 600 was Ramita, and then they go to whoever's doing it now. Man, oh man. I know I I talked to you about it, but it, it is awful. What in the world are they doing? Exactly. See, it didn't work 10 years ago, and it's not working now either. <laughs> I guess. But Ramos is infinitely better than the guy they got doing it now. Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, I saw some of your girls' drawings uh, once, and those were pretty good. I think those they would do better on Spider-Man than this guy. I would I would appreciate the added income. I think we could do that. Uh, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> <laughs> Getting them to sit down and draw those if they didn't want to do it, that would be a trick, though. You sit down and make daddy money. <laughs> All right, number three is Mighty Avengers 20. And that is the uh, the issue with the aftermath of Wasp passing away uh, at the hands of the Skrulls. I picked this one because it just, like, the cover has so much emotion in it. Like, the Wasp is desperately reaching out to hang on. Uh, the other Mighty Avengers are, are, I guess, desperate, really, is the only word, to try and save her, to do whatever they can. But it's just not going to happen. You can just see it like uh, in Ms. Marvel's face and uh, Wonder Man's face especially. Just wanting to be able to do something, but Wasp has, has you know, just reconciled. There's nothing she can do. She'll put her hands up, but you can't save her. This was, this was on my list. This was one of the honorable mentions that I had to cut. This one, and I'm surprised that we haven't, you know, overlapped at all. But I would go ahead and say oh. this, this is the closest that we, that we can. I know we tr- didn't try to, but, but, uh, this is, this is one of my favorites. I think this is, uh, Juridovic as well, right? I believe so. I, this guy is uber talented. He's fantastic. It, it, you're right. It is amazing. And it's yeah. not, it, it's not the most flattering of the century. I'll give you that. But, but. <laughs> 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 But the the rest, you're right. Wonder Man. This, I mean, this makes him seem like a a, a decent character. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs> My number three was Ms. Marvel number forty seven, and I just fell in love with this issue. I don't know if you read it, but this issue is where Miss Marvel takes Peter Parker out on a date to repay him for something he did, and they get attacked, and it's just kind of like a fun thing. They don't, you know, the bad guys don't know that Peter Parker's Spider-Man, but they know that Carol is is Ms. Marvel. And so they get attacked, and they have to team up, and I don't know, it's just a fun issue. It's a fun cover. I really appreciated the textured uniform that Spider-Man had. If you look at near the elbows and the thighs and the and the knees, you can see how the, the little textures added, and that's kind of what we saw in the movie, and that just makes it a little bit more realistic to how he would actually make that costume fit on him. And I like the webbing and stuff. I, I just thought it was really fun. Because when I read that is ep- when I read that issue it was like, this is what comics is about. Yeah, let's have all the turmoil and struggle and everything and all the crossovers. 
But the fun, you have to get back to it. Every so often, you have to have a refreshing issue of just, you know what, we're going to have fun with this issue, and, and they're going to laugh at each other. And us, oh, it, it was great. It was great. I would recommend you read it. Well, it's really good, too, because it's just, like, it's not splashy. It's not uh, stylized. It's just kind of it's very simple. It's almost kind of has an animated look to it uh, with some of the coloring where the light is hitting the, the characters. I really enjoyed this one, too. All right, man, we're winding it down. Jared's number two is going to be Uncanny X-Men 516. And that is the Magneto cover, When Magneto Returns. I picked this one because Magneto's kind of been out of the spotlight, you know, doing his whole, I mean, they had the whole Genosha, Zorn, whatever going on. But this is issue where Magneto comes back. And I think this is just a really good depiction of him, showing how menacing he is. Just vile, the villain part of Magneto. The, the shading, the light from his eyes and being reflected on his helmet. It looks like a real person under there. Like it could almost be Wolverine how mad this guy is. And I think that's part of the reason, you know, why that picture was selected to be on our, our webpage too as part of our banner. Is this, this picture is just like, it's vile and it's Magneto rotten to the core. I don't really like this one that much. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. The uh the facial hair and the teeth I think are what what does it for me. Just I lose it. If you go if you go down, you can see how the helmet is definitely a different material than the, than the skin, which you know is awesome because the helmet is metal and it's going to be smooth and everything, and it's it's going to be different textured than the skin. So. That all fits and everything, and his power coming from his eye it shows that he still has his power. He got it back, which is good. But the teeth and the and the facial hair, it kind of ruins it for me because it's it's not as realistic as before. I think what they could have done is just move the whole thing down a little bit and showed the eyes, and I think I would have liked it a lot better. So I don't. That may sound superficial, but the way that the inking is on the teeth, it's just like. And this is gonna sound picky, I know, but that back molar in the right on the right side, you know what I'm saying? It looks like a marshmallow. So <laughs> maybe he had just finished eating when they asked him to pose for this picture. Well, he needs to brush his teeth before he does that. Has he never been to the dentist where they say, "Hey, you know, I can still see egg in your teeth from this morning. You need to, you know what? Let's drop the subject." Okay. Well, I can relate with you, man. I I can hear your hear what you're saying. Uh, so let's go ahead and hear your number two. Number two, Amazing Spider-Man number 600. It's fantastic. John Romita Jr. is amazing. This harkens back to the 90s high point, the peak of Spider-Man. You can see him. He's got just enough angle on him that you know it's John Romita Jr. And he's going just, he's constantly patrolling the city. That's what he does. It's his city. He's got the responsibility to do that. And ah, I just love it. I love it. It's fantastic. And I know we've talked about this before. It's It must be night. And that's why his costume looks black and not blue. But... <laughs> but yet the red still shows up. <laughs> okay. But I, it, it was between this one and then... Um, the character assassination where he's on the ground kind of bloodied laying there. But I thought this was more classic Spidey. I like the desperate, you know, defeated-looking Spider-Man um, with the newspaper next to him. But 
this one I thought, you know, this is classic. This is one of the best covers of 2009 because it shows the essence of what Spider-Man does. That's an interesting take. It's it's a decent cover. It's uh, I think I feel kind of the same way about this one as you do about the Magneto one. It's kind of a take it or leave it, you know. Yeah. To me, it's just uh, you know, got a nice city background with the picture of Spider-Man swinging. I guess I just didn't really read into the any emotion or anything about who he is. It was just kind of a no. There's Spider-Man and the city. Cool. You kill me. You kill me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I did say I didn't like it though. (laughs) And you? Oh, you're number one. Oh, how could you do this to me? Oh Oh, no. (laughs) All right, go ahead. I I thought for sure Mighty Avengers number twenty was going to be your number one, and I was like, oh, good choice, good choice. Go ahead. What is it? <laughs> All right. My number one is not necessarily an issue, but the uh, Marvel 70th anniversary frame covers uh, for the 70th anniversary. They took all their biggest characters, framed them up uh, like they did for, I believe it was their 25th anniversary, maybe the 20th anniversary. I don't know, back in the 70s or 80s. And they just cast, they did a really good frame of uh, each issue that month. They took, like, like I said, they took the biggest characters, put them around there. It was cool because, uh, you know, for different events, they framed stuff. Like for Secret Invasion, they had a frame. Dark Rain, they, you know, they put banners and, and block stuff out in different ways. But I just really liked this one because uh, it was all the, you know, mostly my favorite characters, the top people in the universe. And uh, they were all drawn. I'm not a big fan of his art, but I really liked how he depicted some of these guys. Who is it? Jim, Jim Chung, is it? Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's very talented. He's very talented. I just, I don't like any of the borders. I'm really not a fan of, <laughs> of any of them. But you're right. For the most, I mean, I didn't pull any up. I'll have to put some up on the website. But he's a talented guy. I like how he draws faces. It's just the border. I think it takes away from the rest of the cover what the cover should be. Which would be? You know, with the, the main picture behind everything. Well, Yeah, you're right. You're right. Of course I'm right. I've <laughs> <laughs> been listening to this podcast. <laughs> are we are we making the same podcast the two of us? What's going on here? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, man. Why don't you hit everybody up with your number one? All right, my number one, Miss Jacqueline. It did not make Miss Jacqueline's list. Jackie was not thrilled with this one. Dark Avengers number five. Mike uh, Diodato, ah, it's fantastic. It's Norman Osborn hunched over, and he's got the face and cowl of the Green Goblin on him. And he his the eye is so big and yellow, and the pupil is so small, he looks so deranged. And the reason why I like this, and I, I told not only the detail and the shading, because I think whoever does Diodato's inking, and uh, his art is fantastic, and he's been consistently great on all the Dark Avengers covers and the art inside. But what I like about this one is it shows that Norman is going to crack. It's going to happen. The Green Goblin is in there, and he's trying to get out, and Norman is trying to stay in control, and he's try- Norman is trying to rule the world. We've seen Norman rule the nation. We've seen Norman take over the initiative, but we're starting to see the Green Goblin do it too. And the Green Goblin wants what Norman has. 
And I think it's great that we have two villains in one guy. Norman Osborn is a villain, and he's the Iron Patriot. But the Green Goblin is also a villain. And I forget sometimes that they're, that they're one and the same person because of how the guy's written. And this cover brings it together and says, you know what? It's going to happen. He's going to crack. The Green Goblin's going to take over, and it's going to be his downfall. Dude, that was great. That was for real. Well, well what do you think about this cover? I think that you perfectly summed it up with everything you said. I mean, this has been the year of Norman Osborn. Here it is, you know, in the cover of your number one pick. And that uh, it's not just Norman, but it's the dude that's trying to get out, who is partially controlling things, you know, at times. Uh, Norman thinks he's controlling things, but really sometimes the Green Goblin is probably controlling things. And uh, in the past couple issues, you know, he's trying to get out. And uh, on this cover, it looks like he really did get out. Um, yeah, dude, this 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 cover is it. It's the business. It's the business. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> All right, right on. All right. Now on to our top 10 characters to watch in 2010. I started off last time, so why don't you hit us with your top 10? All right, I am all about this. Let me, let me, let me mention some honorable mentions first. I had Bucky, obviously, because we're not sure what's going to happen with him. Uh, Nathan Gray, he came back. He didn't make the list, but he was an honorable mention. Adam Warlock. If you're following the cosmic stuff, he recently got killed, but um, there's something gestating in one of the, like, the Church of Universal Faith or whatever, in in one of their brood eggs or whatever they are, and it might still be him. Novar, he just got new new directive from the Kree uh, Supreme Intelligence, and he got a new suit and new powers and stuff, so he's one to watch. Norman Osborn, obviously. The Scarlet Witch, if she's ever going to come back. And I put Ms. Marvel on Carla Sofen because I think she's having a real change of heart being an Avenger. So I think nothing huge is going to happen with her, but uh, we're going to see uh, some character change in what she is and how she reacts. And I hope it sticks, too. All right, my number 10, Loki. Because Loki, we talked about Doom and how he's been orchestrating a lot of stuff and with Doom War and everything. But I got to tell you, Loki has been pushing Osborn and Dooms and Thors and the Mighty Avengers buttons for how long now? Almost a year? And he is up to something. And I don't I can't even figure out what he wants. Like at first I thought at first I thought it was just he wanted Asgard, but now I'm not so sure. Yeah, his intentions might be a little bit bigger. Exactly. I think that's a really good pick, and unfortunately, I overlooked him because I think that's a really good one. He is. He's up to something, man. He should probably even be higher than ten. Well, we'll. I'll see. I mean, we'll talk about the list, we'll but see. for my list, I guess you're right. What I would say is, you know, I totally forgot about Loki. <laughs> All right. So, what's your number ten? All right, my number ten is Wolverine. What top ten list would be complete without Wolverine? First of all. <laughs> um, we got to have Wolverine on there somewhere. So I put Wolverine at number 10. Um, I think there might be, and he's done a lot in, in uh, 2009. But for 2010, I see Wolverine continue to be in 37 books every month. Got the whole thing going on with Dokken. I think there might be some more resolution coming this year with Dokken and their relationship. Uh, his origin book is ending, but, you know, you, you know it's not going to end on a, on a small note. Is it really ending? I hadn't heard that. Yep, the last issue is coming out in a couple months. 
Oh, that's good. And, you know, I was just thinking about that today. I am pretty impressed with Daniel Way that he can he can have one continuous story for like 50, 60 issues. I mean, that's pretty impressive for, I mean, he was, you know, he was kind of handed that book and they said, okay, he's got his memories back, go for it. And, uh, you know, I, I thought he was all across the board and everything, but everything's starting to coalesce together and I, I it's pretty impressive. He does, he does well. And, and, you know, he had a story that he wanted to tell. He set out to tell it and now the book's going to be over. It's not going to be cool. It's got Wolverine on the title. Let's put some, anybody we can on it because it's going to make us money. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I like about it. So who, so that's my 10. So, who, oh, I guess I, I didn't do any honorable mention. We'll do honorable mention Loki. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll do honorable mention Storm because I really want Storm to do something in 2010. So, that's why I'm going to put her as honorable mention. I'm surprised she wasn't on your list. I thought that, I thought for sure she was going to be on there. Well, I mean, I have to be. I mean, she's my favorite, but all that we we know that she might be up to is to do more things. Right. And at that, she's just going to be captured. Well, what would he freaking do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. My number nine, Spider Man, and. This is more of a, a general sense, okay? I, I, he's not going to be a big player this year, but a lot of things are going to happen for him this year. Maybe we'll get an answer to Brand New Day. Um, that's the speculation. Uh, there was some there were some pictures released that have a lot to do with the Spider community. You see Aranya, you see Spider Girl, and not Spider Girl, Spider Woman, maybe Arachna, Madam Web, and also the Avengers Initiative Spider, uh, whatever that guy's name is. Um, yeah, that Scarlet Spider, or Scarlet, yeah, Spider-Man armor or whatever. Yeah, right. So we're gonna see some of that, and I think a lot of things are gonna happen for him this year. And the, just the fact that there's gonna be like 36 issues this year, yeah, you know, there's a lot going on. So, like, even though I'm not a fan, I would like to know something about Brand New Day, something about Mephisto. There's a baby on one of the pictures, so we're gonna see that. And I can't, I can't see them bringing baby may into it at all because the whole thing is they wanted to get rid of the responsibility not add more so but yeah we'll see how it all all plays out yeah that picture is very intriguing of of all the stuff you know what's this mean what's that gonna do who's gonna do this you know right we got it up on our you facebook know, page so go check it out yes we do and we've asked you to try and name all the all the people yes feel free to do that all right <laughs> Number nine for Andy is Spider-Man. Number nine for me is one of your favorites, the Red Hulk. Red Hulk. Um, I, I mean, the story's been going on for a while. I think that they're they're moving to some resolution with that. You know, the Red Hulk has, you know, played out his part. We're doing this whole Hulk war with all these different Red Hulk, Red Girl Hulk, She-Hulk, Hulk, Star Hulk, you know, all these different Hulk. Uh, I think... It's about time, you know, we're going to find out who the Red Hulk really is and uh, find out what he's been doing, who's manipulating him, all that good stuff. I, I just think this might be the year to, to flesh him out and figure out what's going on with the Red Hulk. I, I have to agree. He almost made my list. Number eight, I said Black Bolt because um, if you're keeping up with the who? Black Bolt, King of the Inhumans. It's Black Bolt. What? Like, there's a Black Bolt too? <laughs> <laughs> no, not Black Hulk. No. Uh, Black, he, he's king of the Inhumans, and, uh, he was, uh, seemingly killed. He caused that rift in space, but I think that, uh, something's happening on the other side of that rift, and we're gonna see that come through in Realm of Kings and beyond that. I think he's gonna come back, but probably it's gonna be an alternate version of him, or something's going on, 
And that's why he's eight on the list, because I think it's going to be a more specific thing with him. Yeah, I'd heard some rumors, too, about him possibly coming back, that uh, his death wasn't so final as everyone thought it was. So, all right, so Black Bolt for Andy, number eight. Uh, number eight is Bucky. Uh, I know he was one of your honorable mentions, but I'm going to go ahead and throw him as somebody to watch, because, you know, there are two Captain Americas. You know, are they both going to stay Captain America? Are they not? Right. And uh, I think Marvel has really done, uh, they did a fantastic job of bringing the Winter Soldier back and explaining all that and turning Bucky into a brand new character, but with strong ties to continuity. He has his own personality. He's not just a Captain America knockoff, but he's also not the little kid that used to fight with Captain America. He's a grown-up Bucky that's went through a lot of stuff. And uh, I don't think that Marvel's brought him all this way to just say, well, Steve Rogers is back. You know, head to the background. I think some stuff is going to happen for Bucky this year. Yeah, I, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. And I, I think um, Ed Brubaker and, and Steve Epting did a fantastic job bringing him back, like you said. And not only that, but Bucky as Captain America is interesting, and Bucky as the Winter Soldier was interesting as well. Mm-mm, for real. I liked him as Winter Soldier a lot. All right, my number seven is Emma Frost. We're we're dealing with the Void now. We just recently saw that Scott has captured the Void, but I I have a hunch that Emma Frost in the next coming year is going to turn evil again. That's what I think. Let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you getting tired of her being a good guy? Well, I mean, and yeah, they've set it up, you know, for the past since Grant Morrison brought her on. You know, every ten issues or so. It looks like Emma Frost is about to backstab everyone, and she doesn't. So let's just go ahead and have her back to the Emma Frost that she was when she was with the Hellfire Club. You know, she was one of the X-Men's main villains, and now she's like the Scott and Emma show over there. So I'm with you. Let's get her back to being a villain and, and bring her on as a threat. She knows about the X-Men now, too. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we, now we got we got Emma here. We got Magneto here. Who are we fighting anymore? So, anyway. Which brings me to my next one. Number seven for me is Magneto. Aha! <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> yeah. Magneto is back. And he's back on the island. And, you know, this used to be the X-Men's number one villain, Magneto. And, uh, you know, he took some time off. And I think it was good. So now he's back. Uh, I don't think they're going to bring him back just to be a background character with the rest of the X-Men. I think they brought him back for a purpose. So I would definitely keep my eyes peeled. Also, too, there was an interview with Bendis where Bendis said he wanted Magneto to be on the Cabal. And the editor said no because there are big plans for Magneto. He couldn't be used. There's something going on. Let's let's see what it is. Right, and we hope that the big plans weren't just he's getting his powers back and coming aboard. That's That would be terrible. Yeah. Maybe he'll team up with Emma Frost. There you go. He's right now. He's putting the moves on Rogue. What a so sick! That. That's disgusting. I know. <laughs> All right, my number six is none other than Jean Grey. Oh, she's coming back. All right. This year, and we've had you know we've had uh, some red herrings in the past and this past year coming back. The Phoenix Force left Rachel Summers. Rachel Summers, okay. yes. Yeah. Just left Rachel Summers. So uh, just out of the blue and. We're going to see that again. And it, I, I really do think we're going to see Jean Grey, not just the Phoenix Force. So we'll we'll see how that pans out. I think something's coming. I'm with you. 
accidentally for re- for for no reason. So okay, my number six is Captain America because he came back. So they must have something in in mind for him. You know, he's got the whole reborn thing going on right now, and they they've just got a wealth of stories and bringing Captain America back from you know confronting Iron Man about everything that went on. Uh, you know, talking about the aftermath of the Civil War, looking at where the Avengers are and the Mighty Avengers. Uh, I mean, there's just a huge amount of stories that can be told with Captain America. So he's definitely somebody to watch this this coming year. And that leads me to number five, Steve Rogers. Oh, good one. (laughs) 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 Yeah, Steve, I got to agree with you, obviously. Steve Rogers, Captain America, is coming back. And um, as we're going to see in um, uh, Who Will Wield the Shield, uh, he's talking to the president, and he's saying, you know, I, I'm not sure if I can do this Captain America thing. And the president says, you know what, we might need you for something bigger than that. So I think there's some big plans for him as well. Yeah, that would be interesting. What what can be bigger than taking on the mantle of Captain America? I don't know. I hope they I, – I trust Ed Brubaker because he's done such a fantastic job so far. But if it was anybody else, I'd be like, no, don't give him Iron Patriot or something like that. That would suck. Jeff Lowe, please stay away. Please, uh, stay on the ultimate side of the universe. Don't come near 616. <laughs> All right. Uh, number five, I'm going to put Cyclops because uh, he's the man running the show right now. It doesn't look like things are going to change. Um, you know, they've got the island now. They're doing Necrotia. They're... I mean, if there's a face to the mutant populace, it's Cyclops right now. Um, he's just got his hand in so many different pots with X-Force, with the X-Men, um, things going on with Emma Frost. Just Cyclops is, is a, definitely a huge uh, mover and shaker in 2010. Um, yeah, he's going to be leading the X-Men, like you said. We already saw Charles Xavier, and, uh, <laughs> you know, Magneto's there, and he's like, I don't want to talk to you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to Scott. That's who we're going to address, and that's who everybody's talking to. So he's the go-to guy. You're right. He's him. And unless we see something with Beast coming up. Bill Sword gets canceled. Oh, good night. Yeah. Sword, <laughs> Sword, Sword is going to get canceled. It has to have already been canceled. It's so bad. Don't read it. Anyone, anyone <laughs> out there? Flip through the art and then find out how terrible it is. <laughs> oh, it's awful. All right. Uh, number four, I put Galactus because I saw something over on Twitter today from Marvel, a picture that said it's time to save the world. It had Galactus in the, the Da Vinci Man, his pose. I'd just seen a picture of a dead Galactus. I know Mark Millar killed off Galactus in his run of Fantastic Four, but I was under the impression that that was Galactus from a, a future or an alternate dimension or something like that. And really, Mark Millar, in continuity, he's like Jeff Loeb. In continuity, he's he's not good. So I mean, they'll just they'll just retcon that anyway. I got this picture of Galactus. That's interesting. Those look like the Infinity Gems. Yes, exactly. So I think it's definitely going to have something to do with him. I mean, Thanos is dead, and he was he was the wielder of the in, um, Infinity Gems. We'll have to see. I thought, I thought that Lockjaw got the Infinity Gems somehow. Yeah, you know, I don't know if that's canon. 
Uh, I don't know if that's 616, because isn't that in uh, Lockjaw and the, and the Pet Avengers? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's 616. Okay. Let's hope it's not. Yeah, I hope I hope not. I mean, nothing against uh, Chris Eliopoulos, but it just seems too, it seems too much of like a, a Marvel Adventures type thing. Yeah, it's just kind of silly. I read it, but it was silly. The Galactus for number four. That's sick, man. We've got some different ones, but so far I think you're you're right on the money. These are good. Yeah. Uh, number four, I've got Nick Fury. Uh, Nick Fury's kind of taken a back seat and just been kind of in hiding and shown himself here and there, but everybody knows that the the fall of Norman Osborn is coming, and uh, partly I think it's going to be orchestrated by Nick Fury. Somebody's got to run Hammer or Shield or, you know, I think Nick Fury's tried to uh, atone for the sins of his past, and uh, he's helped out with the Secret Warriors and, and just done a lot of different things that uh, I think Nick will be back this year. Technically, he hasn't come out of hiding yet. He's been in hiding for almost five years now. Is that act? Is that right? He's been in hiding since Secret War. Yeah. So, uh, and he still he still hasn't come out. So, um, and you know, we we've actually seen him in a couple comic books because we we hadn't seen him in years, and we heard about him in uh, Captain America, and some in the New Avengers once the infiltration started happening. But it should be interesting once he takes what kind of role is he going to take? Because Shield is no longer exists, uh, Hammer exists. But you know what? It'd almost be better if there was no Shield or Hammer, and then you know the the super uh, the superheroes had to take on Hydra or this new Leviathan or whatever's going on with it. So we'll see. Yeah, he's definitely one. And if there's, I didn't even think of him, but if there is a downfall to Hammer and um, Norman Osborn, there's going to be a void that needs to be filling, and uh, he's. He's going to have a void as well that he needs to fill some sort of role in his life. And the other thing I have thought about, you know, with the the whole hammer shield thing was that, you know, the president did tell Steve he has something bigger planned for him. And so does he know, does he see that, you know, Osborne is going loopy and he's ready to replace him with uh, Rogers? That's a good question. We'll we'll see. Maybe Nick Fury will be the second in command instead of the, the top dog. Who knows? All right. Is your number three? My number three is Hank Pym. And as much as it pains me to say that, (laughs) you have no idea. But because the universe or infinity or whoever that character was told him that you are my superhero, you are the, you know, the scientist supreme, I really think that He's going to have something to do with this Galactus coming up, and this, he's going to herald in this new age of heroes that we're going to have. You know, probably going to be a major player. And if he's a major player, Dan Slott is going to have to give him up and let other people write him as well. Because I, I really don't believe that Dan Slott can write him as a major player. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope you're wrong, but I think you might be right. <laughs> the whole Hank Pym being the man. Uh, number three is Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom! Yeah, Doctor Doom, he's broken away from the cabal. We've got Doomor coming up. You know, we know that Osborne is going to be taken down. Well, we, I think we know. We think we know Osborne's going to be taken down. And, uh, things have just been building. You know, Doom got Latveria back. And, uh, it's time for Doom to reclaim his throne. And I think he's going to be the villain for 2010. How far do you think Doomor is going to last? Isn't it just four issues? Yeah, Doomor is short. But that's why I'm thinking maybe it, it puts him back up as 
that we used to know and love. Because I I considered putting him up here, but then I thought, no, Dumore's too early in the year, and I don't really I don't really know if he's going to go that far. But if it puts him back to his regular status quo, I I would need it to go a little bit further than that. And so, oh sure, uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. All right, number two. Bottom two. Who's number two? Hope. Hope. Okay. Hope is coming back. We already know about the return of the Messiah. Hopefully, we'll see how this plays out, uh, the whole Messiah complex, Messiah war. This is almost what the X-Men universe has been about for the past couple years, has been about this girl. I think a lot of the stuff that is going on is setting up is just uh saving time for when hope returns because you know you you think that matt fraction is the writer the key writer and yeah he is he's got the flagship title right now he's got uncanny x-men but everything he's doing i think is setting up for when hope returns and i think hope is going to be a big character in his book because uh cable's probably getting canceled i don't know for sure but when she comes back Everything's going to be set up in place so that they'll you, the the mutants will have a messiah, and then we might not need a villain. We might not need Magneto. We might not need Emma Frost to be the villain. What we're going to do is figure out if Hope is the villain, and then the people that come up against Hope. And we're going to see a lot more of that, just like we saw in Utopia. We're going to see some of those people, like some of the human rights activists and things like that, who want mutants gone, we're going to see them rise up, I bet. Those are some really good theories. I like those. I hope so, because that that would really add some closure to X-Men right now, because right now they got so many loose ends and what's going on here, and we still don't know anything about the endangered species. We still don't know anything about M-Day. And how long ago did that take place? That was like four years ago. Yeah, yeah. And we, we have no answers about that. So hopefully this will give us a little bit more, you know, of some closure. All right, what's your number two? My number two is also hope. So I don't really have much more to say. <laughs> your theories were great. I think that they've been building to, to hope doing something. And Well, I can almost guarantee that our number ones are going to be different. Let's hope so. I, <laughs> I have the century. And century. I have the century because... The last part of Dark Avengers number 12, where, or the second to last part, where Ms. Marvel talks to Norman and says, you know what happened to the Scarlet Witch? Did you read about that? That was nothing compared to what's going to happen. Because he finds out, the Sentry finds out that he can, he can manipulate molecules. He is almost like the Beyonder. I think what's going to happen, I, and I, I don't know for sure, and I, I thought, I knew, but now with Hope coming back, I'm not sure. He might recreate the world as it was before the Scarlet Witch came and, and did her thing for M-Day. So I'm not sure. It, it, I think he's the character to watch at, for the new change that's coming up. I'm, I keep looking for you know, the political climate to change for the new hero age to come back. And now that we've seen that Captain America has been pardoned, and uh, Iron Man's going to be rebuilt, and Thor's going to come back, and we're going to take down, you know, Norman Osborn. It's more conceivable, but still, before that, you, there's a lot of loose ends that need to come down uh, that they're going to have to tie up. And the the easiest way to do that is with such a powerful 
creation as the century. And so he might be the answer to Marvel's questions about how to herald in a new uh, hero age. Man, that's really, you put them all together, I think. I think you put all the pieces together. That really makes a lot of sense. Well, we'll see. I I, I don't know. I'm hoping. I, I wish, I hope he's used well in this next year. All right, who's your number one? My number one pick is Miracle Man. Uh, that's because Marvel spent a lot of money to purchase Miracle Man. Miracle Man has been in uh, legal limbo many, many, many years. And when they made the announcement about purchasing Miracle Man, it was huge. It was large. It was all over the Internet. Marvel made a very big deal of making this purchase. And I don't think that we're just going to buy Miracle Man and spend all this money and do a publicity uh, to just put him as a background character and to reprint issues. So I think some stuff with Miracle Man is definitely going to be coming out in 2010. That's probably a pretty good assumption. That's what I think. He's kind of, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> now, is he? does he go by Marvel Man or Miracle Man? Doesn't he go by Miracle Man? Well, Marvel Man, known... Uh, Wikipedia says Marvel Man, known for trademark reasons as Miracle Man and his American reprints and story continuation, is a fictional comic book hero in 1954. He was written by Alan Moore. His In 1985, Eclipse began reprinting Marvel Man stories, and uh, however, they renamed and relettered throughout as Miracle Man due to pressure from Marvel Comics. Yeah, so maybe he will be Marvel Man. Yeah, that's why he's my number one. But I, th- I think you had some really valid points for the century, too, that I didn't put all the pieces together, and you did. Well, now I'm really interested in, in Marvel, man, what he's going to do. I mean, that would be fantastic. But do you think that we have enough time for him to show up in, 2000, in, in 2010, or do you think that that might be a late 2010-2011 uh, look? I, I mean, I really don't know, because we really don't know how Siege is going to end. You know, we've had, you know, uh, when Century was introduced, he was just kind of, he showed up, he was all-powerful, and he was just kind of shoved in our faces. He's a main Marvel character, uh, so kind of deal with it, you know? So maybe that's how they're going to play off Marvel slash Miracle Man, too. Maybe the century's going to turn into Marvel Man. That would be different. <laughs> I think I could live with that. But what does Marvel Man do? Like, does he have a similar, similar part? You know what? It doesn't even list his powers. It just talks about his legal status in here. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to dig some more viewers and uh, get back to you. Or maybe if you know, you can tell us, guys. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to read into this, look into it. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. I had forgotten that they did that, but yeah, in in July they announced that. Yeah, and uh, I don't know why they would continue to sit on sit on it. You know, they must have something planned. And right. I'm definitely nothing about it. All right, sir. Well, I think that's it for tonight. And uh, thank you all for joining us for our 2010 episode, our episode 10, which is going to be our countdown, the top 10 characters to watch in 2010, and then the best covers of 2009. Once again, our contact information, you can reach us by emailing marvel616politics at gmail.com. Visit our website. We're going to have all the covers up on marvel616politics.com and on uh, Twitter you can follow us at 616politics and our our phone number, Jared? 616-755-TINA on Facebook, marvel616politics You guys have a good evening and a happy new year. I'll talk to you later, Jared.
you know, you guys, you guys can't go to school because it's cold. You don't listen to Prince music, and you've got Mary Landrew. I just this is not a place I want to go. I don't. 